welcome to Behind the Sofa. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Behind the Sofa, where we review the top 100 horror movies of all time. My name's Ollie. And I'm Kirsty. <sighs> it's been a long week. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a couple of uh, duffel bags under my eyes right now. <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, I feel like you're going to be doing a lot of work on this one. I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> I, I've uh, eaten my body weight in uh, frazzles and Swedish Christmas biscuits. I am ready. I am prepared. <laughs> That's quite a combo. <laughs> quite a combo. Um, yeah, we had a good time up at a Swedish Christmas fair yesterday, which is always a. Uh, Good always, tradition. Always a fun time. Yeah. Um, ate a bunch of hot dogs. Mm. How many did you end up having? Uh, just the two. Just the two this year. But we'll see if we can break in this year. I feel like I was slacking off. Um, but yeah. Uh, nothing else really going on? No, not really. Just no. working hard. Hardly working. <laughs> um this is silliness let's just talk about the movie what are we talking about this week this week is number 80 on our list of uh, top 100 horror movies in history this is Wolf Creek which came out in 2005 not to be confused with the TV series which came out 2016 watched a couple of episodes of it and kind of lost interest sorry to anyone who's a fan of the show might need to give it another go it's a really weird like premise for a for a TV show, it's kind of Monster of the Week, isn't it? It's kind of well, not well, Monster no, of the Week because it's, it's the same not, guy. It's the same guy, but That's he's what I mean. like unstoppable, which kind of removes the you know the hope that you have. Hmm. Which I don't know, kind of ties into the the movie, I guess. Yeah. From what we're going to be talking about, but um, like imagine I'm trying to think like what other weird comparison? Like if there was like a Friday the Thirteenth a TV show, mm. would that work? No, I don't would it think work? so. I don't think so. I mean, like, they tried to do it kind of with, um, what did you call it? They tried to do it kind of with, I think, <clears throat> with uh, Freddy versus Jason, where it was just, um, like, Jason was unstoppable and the kill yeah, count talking, was ridiculous. But, like a, and... but as a TV show, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, would it work as a TV show? No. Having, like... So you need to have the stoppable moments, I think, don't you? Yeah. Like the the hope that like it will end somehow. But I mean this movie has like a pretty bleak ending. Sorry for anyone who's listening, we are very, very spoilerific, so Spoilers as out you know. Wazoo. Exactly. So come so, on, give us some give us some info. Okay, well uh Wolf Creek was uh as it says on the uh the opening card, it's based on actual events. So we can go into the actual events, or we can wait a little bit later for my little true crime segment. I feel like actual events is uh, <laughs> is very much gilding the lily. I feel like there's. Um, well, what do you? What, do you want? Well, I, I can go s- into it a little bit now. Yeah, do it now because okay. from what I have heard, mm. and I'm not going to give any specifics here. Mm. Um, it's based on a true story in the way that, like, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Silence of the Lambs or Psycho is based on a true story. It's like they've taken. The goriest very bits. some some elements that mm. were true and mm-hmm. made them into a story which is not at all true. Okay, well, um, I mean, this one is mainly based around two stories of like Australian murder. So you have um, the backpacker murders, which was Ivan Milat 
which was 1989 to 1993 he was responsible for seven murders five of them were tourists three german two british and two were um australian but they were traveling around uh the country so you've got that kind of they they thought that it was yeah, like, like a xenophobic yeah. xenophobic backpacker like targeting um uh ivan Millat was he was convicted in 96 uh he never confessed to any of them but they found like the ma- the the biggest collection of um uh weapons and ammo and trophies from the uh from the people that he'd killed so almost exactly the same as you'll see with uh with mick taylor's like trophy room where he's mm. got like newspaper clippings <laughs> and ticket stubs and uh driver's licenses and cameras and yeah. equipment and stuff they found that at ivan millat's house so okay. um and uh he he actually died in in october this year uh, in prison he was serving seven ridden yeah seven life sentences and he died age 74 so bye um, by Felicia yeah. <laughs> and the, uh, the the other part of it was uh, Bradley Murdoch who um, was convicted of killing Peter Falconio um, it was uh, Peter and his wife uh, his girlfriend Joanne Lees uh, Peter disappeared in 2001 so Joanne's story that she had told was um, the uh, they were travelling around in a camper van which is like nodded to with the uh, the camper van that you find that you see at the end of the we won't say why but there is a camper van at the end of the uh, movie yeah and um, what happened was they were driving down the road and this guy was like in another car and he was like f- frantically waving them down and they stopped and he said oh they've seen like sparks coming out the back of your car so Peter got out of the car walked around to the back Joanne was in the in the passenger seat um, and suddenly she heard this bang and uh this guy comes around to the front like waving a shot like waving a pistol at her um ties her up with cable ties um she manages to get away and escape she she hid in the bush um he drove back and forth a few times trying to find her and uh she managed to get away and call the police and uh peter falconio's body was never found Mm. although there was like pool they found like a pool of blood and everything else but now because he's been a missing person under suspicious circumstances for so long he's been declared dead um but yeah so there's there's all these little bits but like wolf creek was actually released while the trial was underway um because this was like 2001 it happened and 2005 they were still like going through it and they actually made the decision not to release the not to release wolf creek in the northern territories of australia because they felt that it would um like possibly make people's minds change or you know like uh, affect the outcome of the trial so yeah i mean there's enough nods to it i think um and you know like it is based on actual events but not like exact actual events of yeah i don't know it doesn't like i said it doesn't it's they take little bits and pieces that Mm. they feel would make an interesting or scary movie they are in no way hung on any kind of skeleton of truth no a skeleton of truth all the people were uh... (laughs) (laughs) all the people were tonight uh... (laughs) you will be visited by the skeleton of truth um i kind of want to draw the skeleton of truth right um before we go any further into the movie as well the version that we have watched is the unrated version Mm -hmm. um so the version that i think is on amazon is is cut yeah there's like a bunch of stuff cut from it um, mostly gory stuff so I know there are a lot of people who appreciate some good gore <laughs> so if you want to go and watch the uh, the proper version 
Um, obviously, you can buy it. I've we've got it on Blu-ray. Um, I think there's a version of it uncut on YouTube as well. Mm, we might be able to pop that up on the website. Yeah, so naughty, you know, make sure that you check out. I'll put it under um, tinyurl.com/wolfcreek if I can find it. So yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, so let's start talking about it. Okay. So we follow three backpackers: yep. one Australian, two British. Now immediately remind me of their names one is called ben the other one's called christy yep ben christy and liz liz so christy so you've got ben um and uh liz is uh short dark hair and christy is long blonde hair okay um if that helps you remember them at all it will i'll remember them yeah It's, it's only liz i couldn't remember yeah so I mean they they don't actually mention their names that much and I wondered whether like they had actually made that decision. Um so I knew their names from like looking like looking them up and like reading the uh you know reading the summary and looking up the cast names and things. But they don't actually make a lot of they don't actually really you know have a lot of things where they're like hi I'm Liz or you know whatever so you get their names and they don't have them yelling their names out at all. Well I think that leads us on to the first thing I'd say like this movie is definitely go to that kind of like realistic dialogue mm. it's not like uh, it's kind of refreshing to see I guess we would <laughs> call this a slasher movie yep it's refreshing 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 to see uh, a slasher movie where they kind of treat it almost like a documentary mm. like there's a lot of uh, you know the way they, the camera's held and things like that and the dialogue is not exactly it's not Kevin Williamson in Scream let's put it that way <laughs> You know what I mean? There's not like a meta commentary going on. Lots of like big nods and winks at the camera. It is very much played straight, which I think uh, benefits Wolf Creek a lot. I think so. I mean, like they, what they said they actually did was um, they would do a couple, like a take or two. And then they'd go back and they'd do it again and they would let the uh, let the cast like improvise little bits yeah, yeah. so it felt more natural. It felt like three people who knew each other really well. And they let John Jarrett, who we will go into in great detail because he's great, uh, John Jarrett as uh, Mick Taylor, um, they let him just basically go wild with like colourful oh, really? colourful language and all of that kind of stuff <laughs> so that he could just be like as Australian as he possibly could yeah. be. And I think it works really well. Like you feel, you know, it's... The beginning part of the film feels like a very, very different part to the end of the film. You don't have a lot of, like, shocking jump scares or anything like that. It's just this, you know, like we've talked about in other films where it's just this slow-building sense of dread. Just slight little things, and then it just goes nuts. The only part that ever makes me feel dread Mm. is the landscape of Australia. And I mean that in a kind of like, Mm. I feel like that was intentional. Mm -hmm. They've really shot it like it's kind of like a fucking barren alien wasteland. Um, That's the only part that makes me feel like, oh my god, something terrible could happen. Um, There's nothing really like, like Kirsty said, there's 45 minutes before anything even really happens. It's like a fun road trip movie up till that point, you know? But you can, but 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 what they but 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 <laughs> but what they do do is really establish that these guys are in the middle of fucking nowhere, yep. um, and that's what I mean. Like, so it's very well established that these guys they're going out on a trip to Wolf Creek, which is like a giant meteor meteorite crater mm. in the middle of the Australian outback. Um, so they go into this place. 
they stop the only the the, the most action packed thing that happens is uh, they stop at a uh, a gas station like a real real rural gas station Emu Creek Emu Creek exactly <laughs> and they have a run in with some good old boys you know what I mean like a couple <laughs> of real um, uh, like outback dudes yeah and they you know say some off colour things to them and then they almost get in a fight and then they just run away and that's basically it that is about as action packed as the first 45 minutes of this movie get yeah um but it's it's so good. I mean, there was one bit, some bits that I noticed, right? So when they're doing the, you know, the the road trip montage where they're, you know, like it's sort of cheery music and it's not really like crazy party. It's just like everyone's really laid back and it's so nice and they're like smoking weed and like, you know, playing guitar as they're driving and like taking a nap and everyone's cool. and Lots of bare feet. Looking through, yeah, bare feet on dashboard. Bare feet is the bare feet on a dashboard is carefree. The, that's movie coder for uh, I'm, a, I'm I'm carefree. Yeah, I exactly. I don't give a shit. And so they're like pulling out. They've got their maps and they're just like lazily looking at like the the route that they're taking that they've drawn on in marker. And the camera like glimpses for just a few moments, like ju- not even quick enough for you to be able to read it completely. But it has a warning on the map which basically says, you know, like backpackers, or not backpackers, but like people who are traveling in Australia, you know, like please be aware that it is a dangerous place to, to, to travel. Please make sure that you're like fully prepared and everything else. And it, it just gl- it just glimpses at it for a second. And it's almost like, you know, if you were reading that map and you just glimpsed at it and it's like, you're not even thinking that something like this could happen to you. And I think they sort of added to that. And then you saw other names of places like like Wolf Creek, which sounds like a bit of a creepy place. Sawtooth Ridge was another one. And like all of these like amazing, beautiful landmarks that are literally, you have to travel for like days to get over there. Mm. And they do mention it. Like I said, you know, they say, um, uh, like they have wide, these beautiful wide shots to just show how like vast it is. Um, and talking about like, you know, they go past road signs that say, you know, like 200 kilometers or like, the last gas station for 800 miles or something like that and it's like wow yeah. it is unbelievably huge and empty so yeah so like i said i feel like the most effective thing one of the most effective things that the movie does uh, what's the name of the filmmaker uh, mclean greg yeah. mclean yes one of the best things that greg mclean does is uh set up the outback as kind of like a character in and of itself uh somewhere that if you don't you know if you don't come prepared uh, then you're gonna fucking die out there. Yeah. Um, which I think is great. One of the, like I said, one of my favourite parts about the movie is just like the way that they take in the Australian landscape. I think it's really, really good. Um, at this point, we we go to the crater. Mm. Um, you know, a few other bits and pieces have happened along the way. It's kind of established that Liz has got a bit of a crush on Ben, um, but it, you know, it doesn't really take up that much time. I've got to say. Um, all it is is just like nice little bits and pieces that kind of get the relationships between the characters set up um, there's no big plot lines anything like that it's just character building uh, and like kind of fleshing out the world I guess um, they get to Wolf Creek they have a nice little picnic um, That this is the point where things start to turn even weirder for me mm. because at this point it starts to rain and I don't know why but something like super unsettling about being all the way out in the desert is it, have you got a thing written because she's smiling oh looking god. at me like a crazy person oh my god but let me just let me just finish yeah, 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 before yeah, you go yeah, yeah. so there's something like um they're not expecting it you know what i mean it, it, they're in the middle of the desert 
and all of a sudden the skies are grey and it's and it's pissing with rain and you think this is this is where I'm starting to feel real creeped out mm-hmm. because it's just not what you're expecting. It's just enough off of what you you know what you picture when you picture the Australian outback um, that it started kind of starts to put you on edge. Yeah. Um, so they get there, they have a little wander around, they go back to the car, and then the car's dead. Classic slasher trope. <laughs> so come on, tell me something about the rain, rain in the outback. Well, interestingly enough, so they were they were on a pretty tight schedule to be able to film this. So they actually did it over five weeks, Monday to Friday for five weeks. So twenty five days of filming and and got it done. They did it all right. Film school. See if you. Uh, to, she that's your at me, name. That, that I was going to say that hey, was she pointed hey, at me school. when she said that and just called me film school. Hey, film school. Um, so. This film was it was filmed almost um, almost all on um, like HD handheld cameras, yeah, yeah. which gives you that like you're in there with them or you're watching them or someone's watching Much them. Much cheaper got that as well for, uh, for an indie kind of project. Yeah, but and it was filmed chronologically as well, like all completely chronologically. So is that quite unusual? Yeah, I'd say so. Like, I there are definitely productions that do it, and. Yeah. Um, I think when the director is trying to achieve something, mm. then that is, you know, that is a tactic that some productions will kind of uh, employ. Okay. I do think it is more common for for people to to do it. But Just the thing is, around. I can I can totally understand why because they're filming everything outside. Nothing's on sets, mm-hmm. and it's not like. Um, Oh well, we'll just come back here and next reset week. It, yeah. yeah, it's like no, no. This is like out in the middle of nowhere. Let's get it all done at the same time. Yeah, and it's not like they go back and forth between the same uh, locations a lot as well. No, so it does definitely make sense for them to like film it chron- chronologically. Yeah, but there had been no rain in ten years around the crater site where they were filming, and then they turned up to film and it started raining. So they were like, right, we just need to sort of scribble in some things in the script, change it around a little bit, so or not change the script around, but just add in some bits about the fact that like it's raining, it's going to get real cold overnight, um, and like just add it in as like an additional thing that's like going to be uh, like a worrying situation and. and arrangement for them but yeah they they hadn't planned on it raining at all because it hadn't rained in 10 years well, like i said i think it just makes like thematically good sense yeah like you you turn you turn up to something thinking it's going to be one thing and then you know a crazy psycho killer comes out <laughs> of the bush and murders you and it's also drizzling you know what i mean like rain. those this you know, I'm, I was surprised they even had umbrellas with them. Mm. I thought that was kind of like, really? Of all the things, that, like you're weighing down that car with all those things, I'd be like, let's uh, let's leave the umbrellas here, guys. I feel like we're going to be pretty safe without them. But well, I think um, they pointed out it being like coming up to rainy season, which apparently I don't know if that's even a thing. I think in our brains, like for people who have never been to Australia, um, I don't think we have any listeners in Australia just yet. But maybe this one will turn it around. Come on, you bloody drongo! Oh, I probably shouldn't. I probably shouldn't say that. No, definitely not. <laughs> Are we getting any now? No. Um, but yeah, like um, you know, they they may have made that decision to have you know like the umbrellas or mention rainy season or whatever. But like in our minds, like you know, Australia is like permanently blazing hot, no rain whatsoever, and like just desert wasteland in the middle. Which I know the desert part in the middle is like fairly accurate. Like there's the population yeah, is yeah, yeah. tiny. Oh yeah, you can tiny. Go, like, uh, from what my my 
brother has driven there. Uh, shout out to Toby. <laughs> my brother's driven uh, through a pretty large chunk of the outback, and he was like, it would just be hours, hours and hours and hours before you would see someone or a town or anything like that. So yeah, it's crazy. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, so everything start. It's just started to get just a little bit weirder. Like they said, you know the um, like uh, the. They they get back from their walk. Um, they they've noticed like they're like oh what time is it and their watches have stopped, and they're like oh that's that's creepy and weird, um, and then the car won't start. And there's one shot that I really liked where they're looking into like you know it's it's a subjective shot from one of the people who's around the car, just looking in through the window of the car, and it's like their stuffs in there you know like jumpers and uh like you know supplies and stuff that they've just sort of chucked in the back of the car that they weren't taking with them and it just gave me that feeling of like uh when you see like abandoned cars on tv Mm. and in stuff where you're like this person just vanished without a trace and all we found was their car and then you see the inside of the car just looking like a normal car and it just gave me that feeling which obviously was what they were kind of going for yeah um so yeah their car their cars won't start they know that it's like an hour until dark because when they were trying to work out what the time was um and they've already said before that it's going to be really cold overnight and it has been raining so they're they're not feeling that great about it They'd already mentioned before about it being like a UFO, uh, like a UFO site, and like talked about the stories and that. They were like, "Yeah, I don't believe you." Like when they were in a really safe kind of environment, they were like, "Oh, you're talking shit." Like I don't, I, I don't believe you. Um, and then when they were here, like, and it's happening, and they see lights on the horizon, and it's dark, and it's cold, and it's scary, and they've already started talking about it. It suddenly becomes. It could have just been. They, up to that point if you're watching it and you didn't know that this was like a slasher movie you'd be forgiven for thinking that like there was going to be some kind of like supernatural alien well, something I'm glad you'd be forgiven because that's 100% what I thought was going to happen the first time I saw it yeah. I saw it like maybe a year or two after it came out like when I had it on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever um so what is it 2005 2005 yeah yeah so I would probably would have seen it like 2007 2008 mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. like that um, and I definitely thought uh, especially when they started seeing the lights so you, they're in the car they're sleeping in the car and they start to see some lights coming towards them and they're like that's not a car and I was like wait a minute I thought this is a slasher movie oh my god is there going to be some fucking aliens in this movie as well <laughs> uh, apparently not because what we actually get uh, is Big Mick Taylor. Big Mick Taylor. Oh my god, this guy is ridiculous. So Mick Taylor is played by John Jarrett. Um John Jarrett was uh he was the this is one of my favorite facts about John Jarrett. Um he was well known before this film. He he did some acting parts, mostly theater and things like that, but he was the host of a gardening show in australia wow which i love so much and um, alan titchmarsh yeah. fucking leather face yeah and he oh that <laughs> i want that to happen please make that happen we'll crowdfund it um so yeah and he was uh doing some parts in theater i think he was like an understudy for someone who got called in to play someone and greg mclean just happened to see that show that night when john jarrett was was playing that part really liked him got him in for an audition and was just like i want this guy because he's great he went full-on method for this part so he went out for into the outback for weeks on his own stopped showering um 
and all sorts of stuff just to like really get into this mindset and he started like he was like reading up about um Ivan Millat and things like that just to like get into the mindset of this like crazy bushman and he worked for four months on getting that laugh that that creepy (laughs) that creepy ass laugh that you hear like the the actress who played uh liz said that she would um cassandra mcgrath said that she would she had nightmares about that laugh like she would hear Mm. it in her sleep and it's it is creepy as hell so he basically turns up and he tows them back to uh to his camp and at this point you think everything's fine and dandy he's very much painting himself as like the good samaritan Mm. he's going to help them he's going to help them fix their car um and they have this little this really cool little chat around the campfire about like you know about mick basically like what was his life like before before they met him um and he said that he used to be like a like a hunter like he used to go a head shooter so he used to like fly around in a helicopter and shoot animals on giant uh kind of estates and things like that and the outback and now that has all dried up so he's just like well i'm gonna help you with the car um and already he's starting to say some things that are starting to put uh, everyone on edge mm. the best moment i'd say is uh the look mm. basically um ben who's from sydney which mick has already delightfully called uh the puff the capital of australia i'm sorry <laughs> to use such language but it's you know that's that exactly, exactly what he says, says. <laughs> word for word um so at this point we start to see well like actually and before when they have the run in with the kind of good old boys back at the back at the petrol station you're starting to see this kind of like rural versus city mm. kind of theme start to creep into it as well mm. you know these people come out here you know they're like traditionally really good looking and they're they're basically treating the outback like it's uh, like a holiday destination Selfie. yeah yep. very much so um, they're not, I guess, treating it with maybe the respect that some people would want them to. Um, and then this is, yeah, this, this is what we, this is what the film starts starts to build on, basically. And Ben makes kind of like an offhand comment about how uh, Mick must love it living out in the bush Get and the being freedom. a bit of freedom. And he's like, "What are you talking about?" Uh, and Mick gives him this look. Um, for just a beat too long, isn't it? Just a few a beat too seconds. Long. It's he's like, like ten beats too long. He's just he's blankly like sta- he's staring literally at him. staring into his soul, and he's <laughs> like, and everyone just gets real creeped out. Okay, but at this point, um, they're like, right, off to bed, and then they start going to sleep, and that's that. Uh, do you get the feeling they were drugged? They were absolutely drugged. Like I didn't think of it the first time around. I thought they were just literally exhausted from the fact that like they'd been walking for three hours. They had the adrenaline running from like thinking they were going to get attacked by a UFO and all that stuff. And then just afterwards, I started thinking it was like that. And then later on, you like there's there's more hints to it. But I honestly thought when I first watched it that she was like exhausted. But then I thought there's three of them, so the chance of all three of them being so knackered yeah. that they would not hear the other ones like when what is happening next is happening. But I do have a question for you. Here though when they were at the crater site when the car wouldn't start mick turns up after the initial fear of like we thought you were aliens uh, and uh and he's you know he's gruff but he's cheery and he's got a smile on his face he's not saying or doing anything that would make you think that he's scary at the moment if you didn't know that it was a horror movie at this point or that like this guy was the main guy 
would you feel as nervous about him watching just that one bit where he's like friendly mick you know like no i would i would 100 percent. there's be one paranoid about him yeah because there's one shot um where he basically is uh he's opening up the kind of like tool the tool chest on the back of his truck right uh, and there's a load of like bindings hanging from it oh yeah there's a load of like weird like rope, uh, knot, like, like rope knots and things like that mm. so for me immediately at that point i feel like i would have twigged like this guy's uh this guy's up to no good okay um okay. but yeah so what uh, happens next though is like the weirdest so just... i want to talk to you about this cut this weird cut okay because like so they fall asleep um and this is where like it, this movie is a slasher movie but it doesn't follow like all the real traditional slasher uh, kind of trappings. It doesn't have all those um, like traditional slasher jumps and music stings yeah. and things like that. Because first of all, Mick Taylor is not Leatherface. He is not Jason. He's not Michael Myers. He's not some masked psycho who can't be hurt and uh, you know an unstoppable killing machine. He basically just looks. You know, depending on what part of the world you live in, you probably see guys like him walking down the road all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the movie itself also doesn't follow a lot of those like real traditional slasher. There's no point in the movie, no matter what's happening, where the music suddenly, you know, spikes or anything like that. There's no, um, what's the words? They don't really do anything where they leave part of the screen blank as well mm. and then all of a sudden you yeah. you know you expect it to be filled in with like uh with you know the shape or something yeah. like that <laughs> there's none of that um so what happens that they have this cut where you know lizzie falls asleep um and then all of a sudden she wakes up and uh she's been bound she's basically got her her mouth she's been gagged she's got uh like zip ties around her feet and around her ankles and i don't know for me i just felt like i love a lot of the way they've done this movie but for me i feel like it needed to have a little bit more gravity you know what i mean it needed a bit more sort of like punctuation because it was just really kind of like underwhelming underwhelming and you know it's just like well i guess we're in this situation now yeah it didn't really seem like it had the real weight behind it that it needed to okay well i mean in other in other movies or what i would expect from like going from one scene to the next where she falls asleep and then wakes up and she's bound and gagged would be to have that hazy sequence where like one of them's already asleep the other one gets up and like wobbles a bit and then she's like hey what did you put what what did you put in this you know or um going from like fading to black back to like a hazy view where you see him dragging off one of the other people or something like that so you're like you're seeing it happening but you're drugged and you can't like you you would yeah that would explain it a little bit more to like the audience Mm. that like they're not just exhausted as, as i thought and they're not just like falling asleep or whatever they are like in serious danger now yeah so i don't know why that decision was made to just literally cut to okay she's um tied up in a small room now but yeah, there was no like um, they didn't do the normal as what I was would expect for in most. Uh, you know, what I mean, and even as I'm saying it, I'm thinking, well, they've not done the normal, but 
sometimes the normal works. Mm. You know what I mean? Sometimes the, the what you're expecting works for a reason. You know, sometimes I would expect them to do the kind of like the eyes pop open mm. and then all of a sudden it's like lots of like frantic fast cutting between, you know, looking at the wrists and like yelling and yeah. all those kinds of things. There's none of that. It's just like so underplayed and I just kind of wish they'd, you know, they'd hit us immediately. Because like I said, up until this point, it's been so nice and calm. The only real kind of sense that we've got that there might be something amiss is when uh, Mick gives Ben this like thousand yard stare mm. and I feel like it would have been really effective to just have all of a sudden the very first thing we get is just bang with you know jump cut and we're in and it's scary and the the music's going up a bit or something yeah something to just kind of like pick the pulse level up a little bit yeah i guess so i mean i you know i still really really enjoyed it and i think from here it just descends very quickly into ridiculousness not ridiculousness just like full-on brutal Um, from here it goes it it becomes uh a series of very bad decisions made in the outback basically (laughs) lots of this film brings out the inner bear grills in me where I'm like, well, here's what I would have done. Exactly. I mean, I was like, I mean, we're, we're getting on now to like one of the more disturbing scenes or one of the like, probably like the disturbing scene in, in the movie, um, which is uh, Mick has Christy uh, tied up. He's already been torturing her. And then he's like making moves to basically like rape her, which is just, just so it's really, really disturbing. It's very they're in a they're in a room which is very texas chainsaw massacre and like you know it's it's like a yeah, corrugated and corrugated iron and, and stuff like that. And, yeah. yeah it's it's very texas chainsaw massacre but um yeah it's uh i found myself and and we, you know like we've talked about it before we we are quite weird when it comes to our review movies but we will sit here with our notebooks, scribbling notes every so often. Uh, you know, if there's funny bits, obviously we'll laugh. But like, we don't talk. Um, we don't talk to each other at all until we get onto the podcast, so we can really have like a proper discussion on on the show. But I found myself in these bits doing what I've done with horror movies previously, where I am shouting at them. Not shouting. I was like speaking to them on the screen and telling them what to do. So I was like, "Run! Don't just stand there." go that way you know like and all those sorts of things i haven't done that in a while yeah. uh when i've been reviewing stuff so i was just like i feel like that's I a very that's a very slasher movie yeah thing to true do. very one of, true one of the for me one of the the best things about watching a slasher movie is putting yourself in the shoes <laughs> of the victim you know what i mean this like, is what i would do yeah 100 percent. i was like well first of all as soon as uh so you know uh lizzie breaks out of her of her zip ties uh, and she goes and she kind of like witnesses this brutal kind of like torture scene on uh, on Christy, um, but she she creates a distraction. She sets a fire. Mick has to go out and deal with it. And when she comes back, he when he comes back in, he starts to torture up again. But then uh, Lizzie's got the drop on him and she pulls a gun on him. She shoots him in the neck. Um, blow, blow hole in my neck. A blow hole in my neck. Uh, and then they try and escape. But they, you know, not before 
trying to shoot him again, failing, and then clubbing him on the back with yeah. the barrel of the gun. I was, and like, I was like, I was hit him in the head. I was like, go outside and get, that, get one of these fucking giant rocks and yeah. drop it on that dude's head. One but, one thing about the assault scene though. Um, so what they wanted to do is they wanted to have that point of view from like Liz peep- like peering up through the window. She was outside watching it happen, trying to figure out what to do. Um, and she can see like you know this immediate threat coming towards coming towards her friend in, in the form of this like horrific man um and she's trying to work out what to do she keeps peeping up through the window looking back down again and they wanted to have that so basically they cleared out all of the cast and crew from the room and just filmed it from like through the window mm. and um so it was literally like Kesty Morassi who plays um Christy and John Jarrett in that room doing that where she is like howling absolutely screaming and howling and begging and pleading and swearing at him and everything like that and she's just like absolutely horrified and at one point greg mclean actually like stopped stopped shooting and burst in through the door because she uh, he thought that they'd taken it too far and that her screams are actually real and they both turn around they're looking at him like what like what what's happened and he was like are you okay she was like yeah i'm fine like you know it's like literally just acting and, and I think, uh, like, they were really, really good. And that is, yeah, no, I think we, one thing that we've not really spoken about so far is the kind of, like, the quality of the performances from, yeah. from everyone. I think they're great. Yeah, I think, you know, there's not really a, a, a bum note in the whole thing. No. Uh, in, terms of, uh, in terms of performance. Um, but, yeah, they do a great job. That torture scene is very, very, very disturbing. Mm-hmm. You feel the menace. You're like, this, like going, no, sweaty no, no, kind no, of no, like no. outback dude yeah. uh, with Ooh. a million weapons and Ooh. trophies and one of the most disturbing things is you see one of his former victims like pinned oh, to the wall God, without a head without a head and without her feet as well mm-hmm. like her feet have been eaten by some dogs perhaps that we will see later on yes um, but yeah so they get the drop on him they knock him out and then all of a sudden there's a chase scene he gets back up and he's chasing them in uh, in another car because uh, they steal his pickup truck. Because he has everybody's car. He has everyone's car. All the people. So there's one point where, like, she, you know, like you see the the garage full of cars, and it takes a second. But then you're like, oh shit! Like the reason why he has all of these cars and trucks and vans and things out in the outback is that these belong to every single person that he has killed. Mm. Like every family, every group of tourists, yeah, every person who's come across his path, he's towed the cars back there and he's just got this entire like aircraft hangar sized garage it's not quite that big but yeah um, yeah, it's creepy the the chase sequence I think is one of my favourite sequences in the whole Mm -hmm. movie you know what I mean you don't you don't see a lot there's a lot of uh, it's in the dark you see it's with the lights once again the lights are kind of like the thing that are freaking you out they (sighs) see these like uh, headlights appear in the rear view mirror and it's just so frantic and fraught at this point um, that you can't help but feel really tense. Yeah, but you're like, he knows the area. Yeah. You know from where he was towing them earlier, they mentioned the fact that, like, oh, it feels like we've been driving for hours and I don't even know where we are, you know, and all of that. So, yeah, you are literally in the middle of nowhere. He knows this area better than anyone around. Yeah. Um, even if they found a town or the police they don't know where he is they don't mm. know who he is like you know Mick Taylor I mean how many Mick Taylors or yeah, even if that's his, his real, real name. name yeah exactly yeah. so yeah I mean there's one bit I wanted to ask you about in fact like during this chase scene so they they managed to they managed to get away um, so you've got like uh, Christie's in a really bad way 
um she's just like blood and like just sheer terror uh liz is trying to keep her calm and they they keep driving and driving and then like you know there's the camera's going all over the place the lights are going all over the place like it just feels really frantic and like you you can't get a clean shot of anything that's happening you Mm. just know that it's just panic and they they almost drive over a cliff um and they manage to stop just in time you get this great shot from underneath of like how close they came to like going careering over this cliff and they get out and they decide to um push the truck over the cliff to give the idea to mick if he does find the truck that they drove over the cliff because they're stupid girls who don't you know stupid foreign british girls who don't know how to drive a car and have managed to kill themselves um and i i was kept thinking i was just like is that was that a smart move or was it a dumb move like you know now here's the thing i was thinking exactly the same thing mm. mr ollie bear grills is gonna step in <laughs> you gonna, are not I'm bear grills put- I'm putting on. I'm putting on my. I'm putting on my Mick Dundee hat right now. Um, You've been camping yeah. twice in your life. I hated it. Hated it. <laughs> I don't like pooping in the outdoors. Um, what I would have. I think that they did a good thing. I think they did a very clever thing. But what I would have done is they they go back to his car like so he goes down because he thinks all right i'm going to check out and make sure that they're definitely dead at the bottom of this cliff i would then have rolled i would have waited for him to get down to the bottom Mm. and then i would have pushed his car over the cliff as well i would have pushed his car over the cliff and then i would have had the head start on getting back to his back to his camp okay that's what i would have done or i would then would have just disappeared into the outback and started heading for the road. But although he probably he knows he's way better, he would have known. I would have gone back to his camp probably yeah. and started to, you know, try and find another way out. Yep. Yeah. So, or at um, least get some of these fucking guns he's got. He's yeah. got so many guns there. He does. But yeah, so uh, Liz basically says to Christy, "Right, I'm going to have to leave you here because she is like, she's injured, she's barefoot, she's falling over, she's like on the verge of a nervous breakdown because of what has happened to her. Completely understandable." Um, and Liz is just literally like I'm going to leave you here Um, I'm going to go for help I'm going to go back to you know to see what I can find and I will come back for you I will catch up with you Um, if you're you know if I don't come back in X X amount of minutes or whatever start heading for the road and I'll come and find you and it's totally fine Um, so she goes back and finds the room like I was speaking about earlier where it's like serial killer trophies um and uh yeah it's just uh yeah newspaper clippings of like these missing families and things like that and um this is one of the parts where we actually have one of the sequences that is in the unrated version but is cut from the theatrical version because it was um I think they they just decided that because of all the horror that they had before a bit much yeah because of all the horror that they'd had beforehand so um so Liz finds a gun and she's loading the gun and everything and then um, I think she goes around exploring she drops a gun uh, down a mine shaft because we're at a mine by the way um, which is what's it called it's called the Navithalim mine or mining company because that is uh, Ivan Milat backwards 
Oh, yeah. Okay. So she drops the gun. She goes down to try and find it, and um, and uh, to find it and to find see if she can find Ben, um, who we haven't seen at all since she's been tied up. And um, she stumbles down there and finds a whole bunch of like skeletons, bones, rotting bodies, and all that kind of stuff, and like just is horrified and. Yeah, so yeah. they they cut that There's, whole bit out basically. I tell you why grossest thing about the whole thing is a worm. There's a worm crawling through someone's eye nose eye area. And nose. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty grim. It is really. It's gross. pretty grim. Um, but yeah, she goes through all the souvenir bits and like you know, there's like really neatly stacked like piles of sleeping bags and clothes on shelves and stuff where he's just like meticulously recorded all of these things, these people that he's. Um, that he's uh, taken out over the years and she starts pulling out camcorders and you can see the video camera of like one family where it's like a you know mum dad and a little girl and they're filming and they film that they get to the you know get to the wolf creek crater site and it's exactly the same story that they had that that they themselves had where it was like i can't um you know this car won't start and i don't know what's happening and then they turn around and like you know the the husband is uh, like heading up towards a truck where a friendly Mick Taylor is just introducing himself and yeah. offering to tow them. And then he says the exact same line that he said to them before they drank the water, which is like water from the top end. Yeah. Which I guess is his line of like, is that like I if... friggin drugged you. <laughs> I was at, well, I was, yeah, I guess yeah. the whole point is the, to keep that, um, that, that idea that they've all been drugged. Yeah. Um, the other one was the only other one that from this bit was Ben filming and she obviously is just like oh Ben oh, I don't know where you are and everything else and then just as he's putting the camera back into the car to uh, like so that he can like fill it up with um, petrol and uh, it just the last shot that you see on the camera is mixed blue beat up truck and I, I don't feel like I needed that because it was like, oh my god, he's been trailing them the whole time, and I was like, I don't, it, it, I didn't need that. It didn't no, add no, extra fear to me, especially because you've literally just seen exactly the same thing yeah. from the other couple. Yeah. I didn't really need to know that he'd been following them. No. I just needed to know that he went to Wolf Creek. He was just to... he's cruising. He's he's like cruising for hitchhiker type person, you know. Just goes down there like in the off chance. It's it's understood from the fact that um, he another couple's car wouldn't start a wolf creek mm. i think it's pretty obvious that oh okay so mick just goes to wolf creek waits for people to go out of view and then just unplug something Cook. in their car and then yeah. all of a sudden you know that's it lights yeah. out um at this point lizzie gets done done in Ooh. she gets done in Vicious. she gets stabbed in the back because mick has appeared so basically she gets she gets a car working and then Checking all mick the keys. is sitting in the back of the car which is the one part that I was like, this has now descended a little bit into some of those like lamer slasher tropes, where it's like someone suddenly like, appears. Yeah, he's like suddenly appears in the back of the car. It's like, wait, what? Did he just like of all the cars that were there, he decided that was the one he was going to get into the back? You know what I mean? There's some logical <laughs> no, he was like, in it, but he was like, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, between like, all the cars, <laughs> like just trying to work out which one she was going to sit in. Uh, he slices <laughs> off her fingers. <clears throat> you right? Yep. Sorry. He slices off her fingers. He stabs her. 
and there's a little he gives a little kind of like monologue about making a head on a stick which basically is uh, his way of saying that he's going to sever her spine so she's basically just going to be a head on a stick to tell him where Christy is basically yeah. where she's hiding and um, yeah so Christy we now see it's now daylight she's outside she's running down the middle of the road pure adrenaline is keeping her going because she is running barefoot through the outback and uh, the actress ended up with like thorns and all sorts of nettles and stuff like in the bottoms of her feet from like filming these bits Mm. because you are literally running around it's not like we said it's not a set it's not uh, you know like tidied or anything like that it's just literally running barefoot and then she reaches the road and she's still running and running and running and uh, she uh, spots a car and you're thinking oh god no and then for a second as she's looking and she spots the car in one direction if you look you actually see a car in the other direction as well I don't know whether it's intentional whether it's meant to actually be Mick or whether it was just a, a coincidence that when they were filming there happened to be a car way yeah. off in the distance but it gave me that <gasps> like I actually pointed at the screen <laughs> for no reason um, but yeah we're like car and she's like waving down the car and it's the lovely little old man who's like oh this part's get cool you some as help. well I like this part with the um, with the fir- the thermos yeah so he's basically like oh my god let me help you and then he puts this thermos on top of the car and then all of a sudden you see... going to get a blanket. Yeah, he's going to get a blanket for her because he's nice. He's, he's nice lovely, like lovely little old man. Um, a lot of people with blankets in the back of their car for the outback. They need a lot. Of, I guess in the, it's in the cold. night. In the it night. Gets okay, cold. all right. Um, but yeah, so you see like the the canteen just sort of like springs a leak and you're like, huh, that's weird. And then all of a sudden the guy's head just bang, explodes. And in most movies they would have that just that shot of the blood spatter against the rear windscreen she's lying in the back like you know like shell-shocked basically and she sort of sits up and sees like the the blood spatter and they'd normally leave it there and just leave it to your imagination or if you saw someone where that had happened they would just literally have like a neat little bullet hole in their temple and that'd be it like a pool of blood coming out the other side no this guy she walks around the back of the car his head is has like exploded it's Certainly, really intense. certainly, certainly, the back of his head has it exploded. Is really it's intense. gone through his eye, and the back of his head has exploded. <clears throat> and it's, it's uh, just, it's pretty yeah, good. It's crazy. In, in terms of like gore effects, this movie is uh, pretty fucking righteous. Mm-hmm. And then they get on to chase, uh, car chase number two, which is an excellent car chase. Yeah, because she goes, uh, she's like running in the car, like she sees Mick's car. He's got like this, like a pretty badass car. I can't remember which one it is. I know that someone had. Um, uh, it said what car it was but he's got you know like what looks like a fairly decent like muscleish kind of car she sees it coming down from the high point where he like camped up to to snipe them and uh she's just like you know it's got that classic like driving through the desert like um uh clouds of dust coming out from behind it as it's flying down the road she's just like quick 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 quick, quick get in the car find the keys ah um has to go and fish them out from like the back of the car like climbing over the poor little old man's dead body gets in the car drives is driving down the road and you see like mick actually stops a fair distance up the road while she's like frantically doing this and like trying to get ready and he's just revving his engine like i'm i'm like getting excited about like this you know it's gonna be fun um i'm about to sneeze i'm really sorry oh sneeze (laughs) excuse me good job 
um, almost as tense as uh, as the movie itself. <laughs> Will Ollie sneeze? And, but and, like, I like this part because it sort of like gives you that um, uh, relates relates back to his backstory. It's got that kind of like a hunter and his prey. Yeah, he's like toying with them. He's got that. Uh, there's one bit where you see it, and it's like he's you see the silhouette of him in the car. You know who it is. He's, he's got, got the, the he's got the hat. It's uh, you know like he's literally sitting there. You know exactly who this guy's going to be, and um, it's just such a good shot. Like just straight on the whole car and him just sitting in it, and it looks so good. And he's he's almost. He reminds me like he's got that Freddy Krueger-esque sense of humour like that. You know, he does like a little wave with the fingers when he's in the car at one point, you know, like sort of, you know, and he's he's just got this gross sense of humour. He pulls up alongside her and he's like, you know, revelling in her terror. Like he's just loving it. And he's just like laughing like he's got just a sick sense of humour. Um, and yeah, it just, yeah, it's so good. And then like he um, manages to shoot her tyre out and the car rolls the car still ran after that apparently like behind the scenes like after it oh, rolled really? it could still run quite <laughs> yeah. happily so it was like a tough little car but yeah just that whole bit like there's a couple of good chase sequences like the one we had earlier this one like, yeah. I think they're both really yeah, good yeah definitely um, and then uh, yeah he basically uh, Christy is like she's whacked her head on the on the um, uh, on the windscreen um she is like dazed to hell uh she like sort of manages to get out of the car and he's just standing with his gun just watching her try and get away like crawling not making any noise or anything like that and then he just shoots her like you're not you don't know when it's gonna happen but he just literally just shoots her in the back she falls down he shoots her again and then uh puts her in the boot but he's picked up the body of the old guy and i thought originally that that was ben yeah because you just see a, a hairy forearm basically like in the boot of the car and then um uh and then we actually see ben like back at uh back at his like campsite i, so, I feel like we should just quickly skip over this because to me this part has no real bearing it's on weird. what's going on it's weird because ben has not been involved in anything so far no. um since the kind of the action has been taking place mm. um he has a little scene he's stuck in another part of a mine i guess mm-hmm. um and he's being you know terrorized by some dogs he's basically been crucified he's got nails driven through his wrists and there's he manages down to there as well. yeah he manages to escape uh, and then he gets away uh, and he's picked up by a pair of swedish yeah uh, hitchhikers not hitchhikers like Tourists. backpackers yep. um and then you get like a little kind of like pre-credit scene where it says um, that he was suspected of the crime, and they tried to, you know, go and find Mick Taylor, but no one ever found him. And then you have this real weird kind of like <laughs> Mick Taylor in silhouette wandering towards the uh, walking off into the sunset. He's yeah. like a west, like a western guy. But then he disappears as well. He doesn't. He doesn't. Not that he just walks off towards the sunset. He walks off towards the sunset and then vanishes. Yes. Um, <laughs> now, I liked this film. Mm-hmm. I didn't love it. Okay. It for all the things I said and like oh, I liked how it kind of like um, didn't do the really obvious slasher things, except for like in a, a couple of instances. 
I just wasn't as excited by it as mm. I was the first time I watched it. Yeah. It wasn't like it didn't have me on the edge of my seat for long, 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 long stretches. And for me, that when you're trying to, if this is the movie you're trying to make, then it needs to be exciting. It needs to be thrilling. It needs to be scary. And it just there was too the, mm. the stretches between any action happening were too long. Yeah. Um, Mick Taylor's good. You know what I mean. I I don't get everyone like. Like, I know you I feel like you liked him way more than I did yeah yeah like I the actor's good and everything but there was no like uh, the the best thing he did was that stare and I would like it's to have creepy. seen a bit more of that because he just kind of seems like a bit of a redneck like good old boy there's no like real nuance to him um, and I would have loved to have seen a little bit more of that um, uh, kind of city folk vacationing you know what I mean what is it like well, I mean, misery shouts, misery tourism yeah, like they're basically there to lot. sort of um, uh, you know ex- Mick Taylor's life is kind of like their holiday destination you yeah. know what I mean which I would have liked to have seen that explored a little bit more um, there's some great gore in it there's some quite you know effective scares and you know some I like the, the chases and all that I did like it, but it, I'm just thinking we're in the top, we're in the top 100 horror movies of all time. Mm. And do did I think it was good enough to be up there with some of the movies we've watched already? Mm. I guess you'll find out when we do our reshuffle episode next week. Oh my god! Um, but but yeah, go on, tell me what did you think? Okay, well, I I think they did very well what they were. Um, what they set out to do which was it was originally meant to be just like an Aussie slasher film which is what they did but they also um, I think it got rewritten a little bit like they decided to make it so essentially it was what if um, you were stuck in the outback not knowing where the hell you were um, with the the most like you know like evil depraved person who was the most australian person you'd ever met mm-hmm. and i think they managed mm-hmm. that because <laughs> that's yeah. basically the the plot of the movie um i think i watched this i i've only watched this maybe once before i think once um and it was many many years ago um i don't know whether i have become more desensitized to stuff now but like i or whether it was because i'm watching it from like a reviewer point of view so i was trying to work out like oh i wonder why they decided to do it this way or you know like really like getting into it rather than just enjoying being scared um i did enjoy it i would recommend it to people if they like a good slasher i think like it fits into the um you know it doesn't it doesn't play to all of the tropes like we said there's not very many jump scares it's just literally like unrelenting in areas where it just does not stop um and they don't rely on those uh you know like release points it just literally just keeps going and going and going and it's built up there's parts of the music which are based on like funeral uh old like funeral music like Mm. funeral march music and you've got that bleakness to it I think it's a great set, uh, you know, a place to set something like this because you feel this hopelessness, and it's it ends with, um, you know, they they had Ben 
in police custody for like four months or something like that um and uh you know like thinking it was him that he like made up this story of like this outback guy who you know disappeared into nowhere and you know he did this and that and this happened and that happened or whatever and like they you know like they they thought that he'd made it all up because they couldn't find any evidence of this guy ever existing which makes it super scary Mm. so i really like the story um again it probably wouldn't be one that i would like watch multiple times um i think it does belong on the list but i think there might be a little bit of a well maybe a little reshuffle yeah, I think, next yeah, time yeah, def- there, are, uh, there are definitely movies we've watched that I have liked less than this Yeah, but I just think this is really good it's yeah. not, it's really good, it's not you know yeah. in that upper echelon of horror movies. Yeah, I mean you think there was only like, if you're going on body count alone there was only three deaths in the uh, on screen we know that there were deaths before which two, is like two three. Oh yeah of course because the old man died as well yeah so there's three. Um, the other question that I had, I don't know whether they'd mentioned it previously in the film and like, I'd missed it or like that was a reason or anything like that, but like why the eclipse bit at the end where Ben is like wandering through the outback like any I wonder, I think it was just like a, there's no, all the light's gone, all the light's gone out and is yeah. completely hopeless. But you'd expect them to have mentioned it earlier. They're like, oh yeah, you know, we have to get to this part of like Australia so that we can get the best view of the... Eclipse, yeah. And, yeah, definitely. You know, like, like I said, I think there are a lot of missed opportunities in this movie. Mm. It's there are some really great bits, bits I loved. Um, I think for the most part, the the acting is really, really good. Yep. Um, Mick Taylor for me is not as like compelling as some uh, as some other people have said. Um, I think he's good, but you know, what I mean, in terms of like villains that kind of like stick long in the memory. No, he doesn't. Uh, he, he's, he's not up there with. He's not up there with like the classics. I think he's creepy as hell, though. I think they did a good. I think like he he'll never be, uh, despite the fact that they did a second movie, which I don't know whether it was him. I'm assuming it was. Uh, and he does play Mick Taylor in the TV series, right? Mm. Um, I don't think he'll become as like famous as like you said. You know, like some of the the classic. Um, killers and like slasher movie stars and things like that but i think he's made a mark like it's it's made you think twice like i wonder like what i think there have been um articles and stuff about uh like the tourist board and like how this affected yeah, yeah, tourism yeah. to to australia well it certainly made me think twice about ever going driving through the australian outback as well yes um but yeah uh i i think as, as i always end up saying i don't know whether it's just me but i'm normally just like well you know um it's a good film i'd recommend you go i recommend you watching it um it may not be a film that you'll watch over and over but um yeah it's definitely worth a look if you like uh, a little bit of gore um and a you know like creepy unsettling um movie villain yeah because he does that job very well so cool yeah anything else any facts uh, any anything no that's that's pretty much it the only the only other one that i can uh shoehorn in anywhere else is that this is the highest grossing this probably won't come as much surprise uh highest grossing r-rated australian film um in history and it it beat out chopper um chopper's fucking awesome i've not, <laughs> not seen chopper in years that is I, a great movie i i really <laughs> wanted to put that in because i know that you uh you you do love that movie so i just wanted to put that in yeah, it's not in the think, horror genre but it is pretty eric, horrific eric banner's like massively underrated mm. like i think he's so good in chopper what are you doing mate yeah what are you, oh. 
oh, when, he, when he's getting stabbed. Yeah, yeah, he's just standing there like, what are you doing, mate? Like, yeah. what's... what's oh, um, yeah, that's a, it's a good movie. Not necessarily in the horror, but definitely in the, like, true crime and, like, brutal, brutal film. But very, yeah. very good. Um, but, yeah, it actually beat it out with, like, uh, like five million at the box office or something like that. So it's Or five million gross, I can't remember. Um, well, good for you, Mick Taylor. Yeah, good job. Um, um, well, I guess that's it. That's basically it. So, uh, yeah, hope you enjoyed it. Um, thank you so much for listening. Um, as I said, we will be putting this up. If, uh, if we can find it, we'll put it up. If you go to tinyurl.com slash watchwolfcreek, you'll be able to watch the trailer and hopefully the film as well. Um, please come and check us out on facebook.com slash behind the sofa podcast or behind the sofa podcast on Instagram. Leave us a rate, review, subscribe wherever you are. And then next week, what are we doing? We're doing the reshuffle. Oh I my love, God. I do love the reshuffles. Yay. I know we've done only on one so far, but yeah. it was one of my favourite episodes that we've done. Yeah. It's kind of like, you get to put everything in perspective. You get to kind of like, I love lists. You know Maybe what I mean? We'll, Don't you fucking love a list? We're, we're doing a we're doing, podcast about a, a list. We're doing so. a list podcast. So um, I, I do love uh, stuff like this. So doing a list of the top 100 horror movies is, uh, wanna... is really, really interesting. But... I like the idea that we can kind of like leave our mark. Well, what we'll probably do as well, make sure you're following us on Instagram and on Facebook because we'll probably put, um, uh, like we did for the last uh, 10, we'll probably put up like a vote where people can vote, uh, you know, whether things should be moving up or down. Um, Stick them on our stories. Yeah, so we'll keep put them on the out. stories. It's normally a good place yeah. to put them. Um, but yeah, well, after that, the I feel like the couple are going to go really sliding mm-hmm. down, and then it's probably going to become something that'll be yeah. really sliding up. Yeah, there so are some on the list that I'm like, I can see this legitimately jumping like 30 places up the list. Do you want me to run do yeah, a yeah, very do very very quick yeah, rundown? Go on, let's do it. Okay, so um, the last ones that we've done. So we did the reshuffle last when we reached number 90. So we have got. Day of the Dead at 89. We've got The Unknown at 88. 87 was Session 9. 86 was Sallow. 85 was Phantasm. 84 was The Orphanage. 83 was Dracula, the 1958 version. 82 was Black Sabbath. 81 was Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the 1978 version. And number 80 was Wolf Creek. Yeah, already I'm like, oh man. Moving that one, that one, getting rid of that one. I can't wait to shake some stuff up. (laughs) This is going to be good. Uh, Right, well, I guess. uh, Yeah, thanks so much for listening. Yeah, Yeah. right. From behind the sofa. Good night. Good night.